Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Big Footy Blues podcast. This will be probably the second last one for the year. Um, I am Shandog, and I'm joined by the omnipotent, omniscient, I don't know if that's a word, Wookie. How you doing, Wookie? Tired, but I'm here. In the hour of need, I slept. <laughs> yes, certainly did. And, of course, as always, Happy Duty's here. Yes, I actually showed up, unlike others. <laughs> Slight jab, that's all right. We'll carry on. Jab um, doesn't do the podcast anymore. <laughs> that's right. We're not going to uh, follow some of the older formats here. We're just going to launch straight into it. Um, there's been a lot of uh, news coming out of the club, obviously. We've got um, the trade period is complete, still yet to hit the draft. So we're going to talk about um, what we've, uh, what our thoughts are on on our trades in and out as well, um, as well as the fixture. So, guys, what uh, what have you made, first of all, of uh, the people that we've got coming into the club? I'm underwhelmed by it all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about the same. I was, I was happy we landed Jacks, um, but to give up pick seven, I was a bit umming and ahhing about. The return we got three for one for pick seven, I guess. If we can nail pick 19, it'll come off as a win, but at this stage, without knowing what we'll get with that pick... I don't know if it is a win for us currently. And also, you know, Jax is a bit, um, you know, unproven being so young. I was very, very underwhelmed with Jones. I've seen him play VFL a couple of times. And if he, he's a confidence player, if something goes wrong early, he won't impact the rest of the game at all. I've seen him do that a few times, drop sitters, you know, not kick easy goals. Uh, with the way our club jeered Henderson when he first came across, I don't think Jones will do very well. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you'd hate to see those that sort of thing yeah. happen again, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm. But, yeah, not saying I want to see that happen, but I just I, that's yeah. what I see happening. Yeah, I, I think if you get a first, if you're lucky enough to get a first round pick in that top ten, you've got to take the pick. I, I don't think trading anything, unless it's like someone of the calibre of Chris Judd in that top 10. Uh, these are the guys that you use to rebuild clubs. You don't, you don't rebuild them by, by trading for, you know, bit players with, you know, limited potential in my opinion. Liam Jones may turn out to be a superstar with a better coach, but based on his history, he's a little flaky in my opinion. Jackson Wiley barely played a game. Mind you, knowing our history, we'd probably pick like the next another Lucas. We'd pick Pat <laughs> Lucas again, and um, you know. But the, these are the guys that you ultimately rebuild your club, like you regenerate your club with. And we haven't done that. You, you look at our drafting over the last twenty, which I have done recently. You look at the, yeah, the great over the, last, over the last twenty years, and our our early picks in the draft have almost invariably turned out to be awful mm. in the end. But how, how much can we can we disregard what's sort of happened in the last, I don't know, the period before Shane Rogers really uh, took uh, or took the head position of that, do you think? Can we can we disregard everything beforehand when it comes to these sort of discussions or does it still play, take, you know, 
have a part in them. Same guys still at the top for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Um, and to, to be fair, Liam Jones isn't part of that pick, uh, seven trade at all as well. So I guess you gotta, you gotta judge it on, um, Jack Schwiley's, uh, and whoever we get at 19, their merits, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm still disappointed that Robinson has, is gone. Um, yeah. and, and he, he'll get picked up by somebody, I suspect. Um, Garlett's gone as well. I think, uh, again, I'm disappointed. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the full story behind that is. I'm not surprised McLean is, has been dumped. That, that, um, for, at the risk of becoming unpopular again. <laughs> uh, I think it's well overdue, to be honest. I think while McLean is, is an okay player, I think he's holding back younger talent from coming through. I think he's part of the reason guys like, uh, Kasia, uh, aren't playing at the, aren't playing for the Blues anymore. I mean, there just wasn't any in the team for, more than one or two of these upcoming players to come through and, yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah, fair well, to that, say that um, if, if it wasn't at the end of this year that he got cut, it would have been at the end of next year anyway. Yeah, that, that, that that's the thing with Brock is um, we, we need, if we're serious about really rebuilding, we need to bring those younger players through that have a, a higher ceiling than what we know we can get from McLean. And um, while we couldn't get anything at the trade table, it was, was time to part ways with him and see what we can get from players like uh, Graham, and I think I think next year's going to be a good year for those players. Um, I think we'll start to see less of Carazzo on that as well. But, yeah, we uh, hope so. Yeah, In a strange I, way you'd hope so. Yeah, it's a look. I I don't like seeing the older players go, but I mean, with weight gone, uh, the next longest serving players on the list is Simpson. He's not going to go anywhere. Walker, he won't go anywhere. But Carazzo, I think, is uh, well, he's still a good player. And he he does tag well, but he's not getting any faster. Yeah, it's that uh, it's that changing of the guards that we're seeing. The players that um can perform for us quite well on a regular basis are starting to get on, and it's that that last of that terrible period that we've just gone through. Um, those players are starting to exit, and we're starting to see like you know a better team. Like we're not going to be playing those guys from the dark years anymore. I wonder if uh, Waits' departure will free up Watson to play forward. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, there's uh, been a few interesting calls on the uh, the boards. Some people saying, I can't remember who it was right now, saying that they thought Watson was going to even um, go ahead of Caswell next year as uh, one of our key forwards. But now that Kringle, was it? Because he, he loves Watson. I think it might have been, actually. Shout out to Kringle. If it's not, sorry to whoever it was. But it's going to be very interesting for sure with, with the forward line that we can set up with over the course of the, the whole season, there's going to be a, several people to choose from. So how that all shakes out, it's going to be yeah. very interesting to see. One, one thing we were doing with our forwards uh, last year, I enjoyed watching when I was actually at the games, was we had the three forwards, Casbolt, Henderson, and White, and they'd rotate their role. Um, they'd go back, say they all go back to the goal square. One would go up to near the 50, one would stay deeper, and the other one would run up to practically the half-back line, and then they'd link up that way. And then when the ball reset, they'd change, and the next one would go down. So they weren't always, const- one wasn't always constantly running down the field. They were just swapping the role. And that's why in that North Melbourne game, you see Wait get the ball in the back line and then kick the goal at the end, because that's the setup we had. Mm. And Watson doesn't seem that mobile to keep up with that sort of structure. So it'll be interesting to see what we do. I don't know how mobile uh, Jax is, if he does come straight in. 
um, I think he after is. This I think he's considered to be pretty athletic and uh, a very yeah. good mover. Yeah, so that might put him ahead of Watson then just on that basis if we try and keep that structure. So it'll be interesting to see what forward setup we'll use next year. And, and you throw into that mix uh, having Cruiser available as well. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, Cruiser can just push Warnock away. Warnock is going to be the most overpaid player in the reserves next year. <laughs> well, he's just not going to get a game unless Cruiser or Caswold are injured. Yeah, or, or even Wood. I think Wood will get a gig ahead of Warnock next Wood, season. Wood showed some stuff, man. No, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really I, earned that second year on his rookie contract. So. Oh, I'd rather have Wood. <laughs> Let's not, no, we're not going to do that. All right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a hard choice for you there, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the um, the, the guys who have left our club. So, uh, Jared Waite joined North Melbourne as a free agent. We had Jeff Garlett um, and uh, a round five, our round five selection number 83, um, went to Melbourne for their number 61, I believe it is, and 79. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, those are the two... Main guys who come off our list during the trade period, as was already sort of spoken about, um, we've got McLean delisted, Lucas delisted, um, Robinson likely to have another club after being a delisted free agent as well. What are the what are the impacts of of losing those guys on the uh, to our list next year? We have a net gain in uh, uh, in age. <laughs> That's true as well. Do you think though that like is Robinson's hard inside work? that sort of kamikaze style. Are we going to miss that? Do we have any people who are going to step up in that sort of role? Or is it just, do you, do you think it's um, maybe uh, that role sort of extinct now? I think uh, Tom Bell plays that role sort of a bit. And I think, doesn't that Wiley kid that we got in that trade for pick seven play in that sort of role too? Well, he's definitely so maybe, a hard inside mid, yeah. Yeah, so maybe the decision like the final decision to delist uh, Mitch wasn't made until like we knew that we were landing that trade with that sort of idea in place of him to come in, maybe not next year, but even the year after with Tom Tom Bell being the short-term fix. Because I always thought it was hard to see Tom Bell and Mitch Robinson in the same team in the long term. So I think uh, that that's where that will go. Um, And we'll, we'll lose, you know, obviously one of their spots being Mitch's will go to a more outside player that can give us that run that Mick kept saying that we were missing during the season. I think we'll miss his hardness, but I think that's balanced out by not missing his uh, frequent bombing attempts mm. to nobody or to the opposition or, you know, him punching the ball through on the fall from a, uh, a ruck. <laughs> <laughs> In front of goal. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll miss stuff like that. I, I don't think... Um, will miss his off-field indiscretions. I, I, I just think that when when it comes down to his hardness, I think it's almost balanced out by the uh, unskilled things that he does. His, yep. um, he's, he's enthusiastic, he means well on the field, but at the same time, he hasn't shown any inclination to do much more than bomb the footy when he's got it. Um, and... You know, we we need to be better than that. For going. sure. Yeah. Um, what's the point of having key forwards if you're not going to kick the ball to them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that we haven't had key forwards for some years, um, but in the last year or two, we have uh, begun to develop a forward line that actually does uh, work together. So yeah, which, I, I don't. 
I don't think we'll miss that side of him. Yeah, which which does bring me to sort of I, I guess the main thing that I'm actually that I think that Carlton is going to miss is um, I don't know a lot of people are really disappointed that Waite's gone and and sort of hold him quite high as as a, as a very important player for us. But to be honest with you. With the hole that it leaves in our list of people who are similar sort of players, Jeff Garlett's probably one of our, our biggest um, uh, negatives in terms of the players who've left. We don't have anyone of his quality left on the list now as a small crumbing forward. And I know, you know, 2014 he was pretty ordinary, but who can you see stepping up into that role, which we've we've used over the last few years with Betsy Aaron and and uh, and Jeffy. We've we've been one of the best teams in the comp for small forwards and now we've got absolutely none in the space of two years. It's been crazy, really. Yeah. It's quite quite a turnaround of set forward setup structure, but being the be- one of the best or having a really good small forward setup didn't really accomplish us anything. Yeah, I guess we don't have a flag for it, do we? So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we can say that we had, you know, some of the best small forwards. Like I I'll I'll miss having them around. They were good to watch. Very entertaining. Eddie Betts and Jeff Garlett, you know, in particular. Um, glad we could rehome Jeff Garlett. He really needed just a fresh start. Uh, hopefully he does well for his sake at Melbourne, but geez, he's gone to Melbourne of all clubs. Mm. So I've got nothing against him and it was just time for him to move on, I think, and hopefully he does well. Yeah, true. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's just give a real quick, uh, what a, a score out of 10 and, and why quickly of, uh, our trade period. How do you think the club went? Uh, happy to. Um, I'm going to give him a six right now because we gave away pick seven, which could be quite valuable for a couple of people that are really, uh, unproven, uh, could be proven wrong with who we get with 19 and how the other two turn out. But grabbing Jones was really lackluster for me. Fair enough. Uh, whoop. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to give. I, I I can't even pass it at the moment. I know people are excited about Jackson Wiley and, and and Jones and Christ knows what else, but I'm I'm just it doesn't excite me at all. I mean, we're talking about players that couldn't get a game at GWS. We're talking about players that couldn't get a game. Well, we're playing for the Bulldogs in a very sporadic fashion, uh, and we gave up, you know, a first round draft pick in the top ten. It, it, I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the renewal of the players at the club. That said, Jack may well turn out to be a freaking superstar and prove me wrong, and I'll look like an idiot, but it won't be the first time. <laughs> I, I'm saying five, and I'm sticking by it, and damn you all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> look, I reckon I'll just go slightly higher. I, I, I give it a seven, which to me is, a, I think it's a decent score. Um, I'm not sure whether it's justified or not, but I kind of, I feel like the club knows what direction they want to go in with a list and that they're achieving that with this trade period, getting in um, two tools, uh, Mark Wiley as well, who actually looks surprisingly good from the highlights. I know they're highlights, but overall, there's a couple of things that we couldn't really help. Um, Jared Waite, out of our control. Jeff Garlett, well, we all sort of saw that and knew that was coming. Um, the pick seven loss, I agree, that really, that stings a bit. But if... Jack Wiley and 19 turned out to be decent recruits. Um, you know, maybe one of them turns out to be a really great player. Then I guess in hindsight, you'd probably say it was decent. So at this point, I'll give him a, a seven. Um, um, give him a thumbs up, but uh, not completely over the moon about it.
So the 2015 fixture has been released and there's a few little interesting bits and pieces about uh, who we're playing, when and where and such. Um, guys, what did you get overall for the impression of, of uh, our draw for 2015? Uh, as, as a Melbourne-based supporter, or Victorian-based supporter rather, who can attend the games, uh, set, same, same diff- um, sorry, but same shit different year really. Um, got some games at home. Uh, I was a bit, bit disappointed, honestly, um, that we play Essendon once. Uh, I always like playing yep. against Essendon. Big, big rival, big game. Um, especially if hopefully, fingers crossed, they get decimated by Asada. Could have been two easy wins yeah, that we got. Freebies. Now we only get, yeah, <laughs> now we only get the one. So, but anyway, we, we play, play Essendon once, but we've got Hawthorne twice. Um, and we're playing Essendon in round three, so that'll be over and done with quite early. And then we got Hawthorne twice in the last six weeks, so that was a bit, bit odd there. Um, and I thought it was really strange that we, we don't have any game in Adelaide. I feel for you, South Australian blokes, but that's just horrible. I reckon yeah. two, two Sydney oh, games, two Perth games, and no Adelaide game. Like that just didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah, it sucks a lot. Um... I, I do like the fact that, uh, we seem to have a lot more Saturday night. I think it's across the board though. Saturday afternoon, Saturday night games. We've got a lot of Friday night games as well. It seemed like last year or, or this year, uh, we just seemed to be constantly playing on a Sunday, which was just, I don't know. I, I didn't like that. It wasn't um, particularly enjoyable to go through a whole weekend watching all the other games and then finally see one on Sunday. I feel like I should be an old man sitting under my porch yelling at kids to get off my grass, but I didn't like it. Just bring it back to Saturday, damn it. Um, so that, that was a good, a big plus for me. Um, obviously the draw is a little bit easier for us as well. Um, due to that sort of, uh, breaking up the ladder into thirds and we play the bottom teams more and, and such. So I think we'll, uh, we'll go pretty well this season. There are a few little strange Odd things about it, though. Um, as you said, we're not playing in uh, we're, we're not playing in Adelaide, and as I heard on the radio today, we haven't played Adelaide in Adelaide in six years. It's uh, pretty crazy. Mm. I, I'm obviously being in Adelaide. I'm a little bit irritated uh, with there being no game in Adelaide this year, and even then, the last two years, it's been the last round that the game's been played in Adelaide anyway. But uh, this year, coming no no game in Adelaide. Ticks me off. No membership for me this year. Um, I'm in the same. I'm in the same category as numbers. If I can't even get a game here, uh, I'm not going to take out a membership. If the club can't be asked coming here, um, or the AFL can't be asked sending them here, either way. But I mean, I've got two problems with this fixture. One is that uh, there's no game in Adelaide, obviously, as as I've said. But the other one is that while they gave us more games at the MCG. Uh, the clubs that they scheduled us to play there is not really conducive to making more money. I, I don't think we're going to be economically better off by playing at the MCG this year because they've scheduled us to play Adelaide and Port Adelaide at the MCG uh, two weeks apart, mind you, with a buy in the middle, which is kind of funny in itself. And then uh, we've also got Melbourne at the MCG, which apparently everyone has for some reason... I have no idea what's, what the deal with it. Melbourne is and why they get away games at the MCG all the time. Those those three games, they're not money makers. In fact, those uh, two of those games could be easily played at Princess Park if we wanted. Yeah, that's I don't know. Do you, you think we'd be able to get forty five or fifty thousand 
with Port, you know, the resurgence that they're having at the moment, and Crows fans, I mean, it's just across the border. You'd hope so, but those games haven't historically sold out Eddie had. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, you know, I, th- I think we get about 38, 36 to 38,000 on average for Adelaide games that Eddie had, and Port wouldn't be much better. It's... <sighs> And we, you know, and for all that, we've still got Geelong at Eddie had. We've got Hawthorne at Eddie had. And I understand the drivers behind that from the AFL's perspective, because uh, for the contract for Eddie had, they've got to have a certain number of games that'll have a potential to sell out. So we can't have every big game there. But this this fixture isn't designed to make us. It isn't going to be the financial bonanza we all hoped when we shifted, you know, an extra game to the MCG because all they've done is give us another interstate side there. I think last year we played Adelaide at the MCG as well as Melbourne. Um, this year they've just thrown Port Adelaide on top of that. Mm, I, I did, um, I'm just having a quick look at the AFL uh, summary of the fixture for each club and uh, they do mention in there um, one of the ticks is that uh, it will help fill up the coffers with three home games at the MCG against Richmond, Essendon and Collingwood in the first five rounds. So that's not too bad, but... But we would normally have those games anyway. Well, not necessarily all home games, uh, the Richmond... Or at the out. MCG, maybe. Well, all three of those games would be at the MCG anyway. Yeah, they but usually are. Yeah, sure. But uh, the Carlton-Richmond game, is uh, we take it in turns with them for the opening game of the season, and I think we split the gate anyway. Mm. Uh, the Collingwood game, I think it was probably our turn to have it early in the season. And the as you know, we had it early in the season last year. So, And the Essendon game, it's the only one we'll play them this year. So it's not, the, it's not going to be the financial bonanza people are making out. We're... We're not going to get a lot of return from the ga- uh, from the other games at the MCG, and that that's that's disappointing because that's the whole reason why we're going there to try and become one of those bigger clubs. And instead, they're scheduling these uh, mid range drawers that aren't really going to, you know. Well, hopefully, the slightly easier nature of the draw, the draw, the fixture. Um, this year might mean that uh, if we're sitting, you know, ten and three midway through the season, we'll get some more people through the gates anyway. Yeah, I I, I don't subscribe to to that that idea of thinking very much. Um, if if we're ten and three because we've had an easy draw, I'd be just as you know disappointed if they were close wins against average teams. Oh yeah, um, no, we we know it, what we're talking anyone, about on big footy. We're yeah, talking about the casual supporter. <laughs> oh yeah, the the casual everyday supporter, but um. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. I don't like the whole talking about an easy fixture or a hard fixture. You play against who you play against. The best team will win. If we're serious about winning a premiership, we have to beat anyone. I mean, six, six Friday nights is okay. I think it's six Saturday afternoons or six Saturday games as well. Nothing on Sunday nights. No Monday nights. But we have to go to New Zealand for a game, which I can take or leave, really. It's not our home game, so... Yeah. No, um, you no, know. No, tra- no traditional Carlton Collingwood Sunday night fixture. Yeah, we do have a few uh, six-day breaks too, actually this this year. But it's kind of balanced, I guess. But I mean, I think they're both against Hawthorne those those six-day breaks. So. <laughs> ah, awesome! Yeah. Do we play Hawthorne like fifteen times in a row? <laughs> Fixture. Just, just what we need is to have a more disadvantage when playing Hawthorne. I think that's the the longest-running bogey side in the AFL is Hawthorne beating us. Yeah, yeah I think it was like 2008 was the last time we came close. Yeah, um, Bev hit the post. 
Yeah, five five interstate games, uh, two in Sydney, two in Perth, uh, one in Brisbane. Uh, go to go to the Gabba in round twenty, uh, and spotless in round twenty two. That's a fun last four rounds. Yeah, interesting end of the season. It is nice, uh, I guess, at the opposite end of the spectrum that we're uh, opening opening the season up again with uh, Richmond. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, that's always good. It, it was always good in the past because I remember when we were doing it all those years in a row, walking into the MCG, and you'd see all the Richmond supporters, they're the members that sit next to each other, meeting up and like shaking each other's hands, talking about reflecting on how their summer was, saying this year will be better. Then there was that year when, when when Wake kicked the goal forty seconds into it, and there was a Richmond supporter sitting near near us, and um, he stood up and went, "Not again!" and walked out. And I think it was the fastest I've seen anyone give up on a season. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Richmond supporters. <laughs> Why are they listening to this anyway? <laughs> but everyone listens to the Blues podcast. We know that. <laughs> All right. Well, we might as well wrap it up there, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, jump on the big footy boards. It's uh, it's the off-season. Um we need all the entertainment that we can get, <laughs> so get on there and post away. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, uh, Wookie. No worries. Whenever I'm needed, just put the bat signal up. <laughs> the Wookie signal. As I've said a number of times before, I started this podcast with ODN, and I left it in his capable hands, and uh, he's done a reasonable job with it, but... Unfortunately, tonight he's let the side down. Um, I was hoping to chat to, you know, uh, maybe while she was on, you know, because I love her voice and I think she's a fantastic human being and a great humanitarian. Bluebell <laughs> <laughs> as well, of course, I don't want to leave her out because I get yelled at when that happens. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, and, and so these, these uh, you know, and HBF who, you know, I can take or leave, let's face it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm just pleased to have, you know, come in, in your hour of need and helped out. Yep. In, 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 you know, when these people uh, refused to make themselves available because they apparently had better things to do. <laughs> well, I think absolutely but, everyone is uh, in, indebted to you. Uh, for gracing yeah. us with your presence. So thanks. I, I, I think you are. Um, I think <laughs> it's, it's your privilege to have uh, had my dulcet tones on this evening. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Thank you very much. Happy, dude. <laughs> You're welcome. Just as I say, vote for the Guernsey for next year. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Jump on, guys. If you've got your membership already, you can uh, get in and, and vote for our Guernsey. Thanks very much for uh, listening, everyone. And uh, we'll look at... We'll, uh, We'll catch you for the next uh, podcast uh, all about the draft. So take it easy.